Thank you for listening to the PCA podcast hosted by Praise Chapel Aziza. Be sure to also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and SoundCloud so you get notified when we have new episodes available to download or stream. You can also check us out on PCAzusa.com to find out more about us and see what's going on this month, as well as check us out on social media at PCAzusa. With that being said, get ready because here comes the word. All right, guys. All right, so before, before I start, I'm just going to pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I just come before you in Jesus' name, God. And I pray, God, that you just have your way tonight, Father. God, and I pray that you just use me to just, to just bring forth to just bring forth your word, O oh Lord. You're faithful and you're mighty, God. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right, well, um, the the thing that we're kind of going we're kind of going with is prayer, and so one of the prayers that I'm going into is the one in Nehemiah. And this one's just it's really cool how how um, Nehemiah prays, and it, it kind of lays kind of like a foundation of how we're, so, how we're supposed to pray and like what, what needs to be in it. And we're, we're going we're gonna to start in Nehemiah 1, uh, chapter, chapter 1, verse 1, all the way through 11. Okay, and then it says, These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Zusa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Jerusalem, or from Judah. I asked them about the Jews had returned from, who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. They said to me, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. When I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my, even my own family and I, ha- and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your, so- your servant Moses. If you, are, if you are unfaithful to me, I will, scatter you, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will, re- I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants, O Lord. Please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put, this, put it into his heart to be kind to me. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. You know, just, just, reading, just reading his prayer, it's really great how, how Nehemiah, like, when he heard about the situation that was happening in Jerusalem, he felt he felt sad. He felt he, he just felt really distressed about what was happening in Jerusalem. So he 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 went, he fasted, he prayed. And one of the key things that I wanna bring about in his prayer is that when Nehemiah prays, he one praises God, two gives thanksgiving, three repents. Four, ask for spe- specific requests, 
and five is commitment. You know, just it's it's really good to see how Nehemiah brought himself up and how he prayed to God, saying, you "No, know, we 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 have sin, we have sinned against you." And then he's asking God that, or he's telling God, "Remember in the time of Moses where you said that if you disobey me, you'll be scattered. But then if you return to me, you're, I'll bring you back." You no, know, just. It's really cool how Nehemiah just brings it all together. And in the, in the following chapter, in Nehemiah, let's see, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 6, it says this. Early the following spring, in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. I had never before appeared sad in his presence. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sick to me. You must be... You must be deeply troubled. Then I was terrified, but I replied, Long live the king, how can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. The king asked, Well, how can I help you? With a prayer to the God of heaven, I replied, If it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors, where my ancestors are buried. The king, with, the king with the queen sitting beside him asked, how long will you be gone? When will you turn? After I told him how long I'll be gone, the king agreed to my request. So no, Nehemiah is praying. He's fasting, and the king asks him a question like, "Why? Why are you? Why are you sad? What's 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 wrong? What's what's going on?" And so Nehemiah tells him that the 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 walls are are down, and all his people they're they're scattered. And for the time that Nehemiah was praying, God opened up the heart of King Artaxerxes, and he allowed him to go to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. And what's really great is that, and one of the things that he was praying for, he was praying for commitment. He says, um, please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. So Nehemiah, when he prayed, he didn't just pray and then just like, just just leave it at that. Like he 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 didn't just pray and then just not do anything about it. Where like some people they're like they'll just be waiting there. There then they'll just be waiting there and then like God, God, where are you? And they're they're not even doing anything. They're not serving. They're not serving in church. They're not reading the word. They're not praying, and they expect God to to answer the prayers when they haven't done anything. But here we we see that. After he prayed, he, he did what he normally did. He, he, he served the king at the time, and he was faithful to it. And God granted him his request that he was praying for, and he placed it on Artaxerxes' heart to, to let him go. All right? And um, one of the things is, in our, in our lives, like, what, what, is, what are you guys praying for? What are you guys believing God for? Are you guys believing God for salvation for a loved one, for healing, or for, like, fi- like um, fi- financial, financial stuff? What, what, are you guys, what are you guys praying for? And then, are you guys praying sincerely with all your heart, like how Nehemiah did? Or is it just like, you're, or you're, just going through, you're just going through the motions, just praying just to get out of the way? Man. And um, one of the things that, that happened, and while, the, while they were building the wall, there was, 
the, the enemy was coming against them, trying to stop them from, from building the wall. And in chapter 4, verse 13, it says, so, it says, So I placed armed guards behind the lowest parts of the wall in the exposed area. I stationed the people to stand guard by families, armed with swords, spears, and bows. You know, Nehemiah, when he, when, when, when he was praying all this, he, he was committed to, to fulfill what he was praying for. He met God halfway, and he, Nehemiah was prepared, was prepared for anything since he since he already prayed and everything. He, he was prepared for what needed to be done. If there was people acting up, he would correct them, or if the enemy was com, was coming against them, he would set up defenses to help to help the people stay stay on course. And what the one of the great thing is since since Nehemiah was there. They ended up finishing building the wall in 52 days. And in Nehemiah 6, 15 through 16, it says, So on October 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. When our enemies and the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized this work had been done with the help of our God. Now I just want to ask you guys today, what what are you guys praying for? Like, are you are you really in it, and are you believing God for the best, even though everything can come against you? You know, your finances might be going up, or things things might be coming against your life. You know, you might you might get sick, you might get attacked by the enemy. You know, what are you gonna do when stuff like that happens? Are you gonna give up? Or are you going to let the enemy win over your hearts? And here, Nehemiah was prepared for anything. So I just want to encourage you guys that during this, this time of prayer and fasting, stay, stay faithful with God, with what God has put in your life. And um, just a, a question is, what, what walls need to be rebuilt in your life? What walls need to be rebuilt in your life? And I just want you guys to Think about that, and just really, just really think about it. Pray, pray to God about it. But then also, when you're praying, keep being faithful with what God has already put you in life. If you're in ministry, keep serving. Keep, ser- keep serving in ministry. Keep doing it joyfully, and see what God can do in your life. Um, and if if you're not doing it, if you're not in ministry or you're not doing anything, I want to encourage you get on it. Be, be faithful with what God wants to do in your life. Maybe God wants you to open up a, a Bible study. Do that. If, the, if um, God wants you to lead a prayer, um, be in a ministry, or even be, be up here like how I'm doing right now, be, be faithful and to see what God can do. Because there's been times in my life where I'm praying for a specific thing, and it was anxiety because I, re- I was really dealing with it. It was it was really bad. I couldn't I couldn't really do anything. I couldn't go out because I would get this like this fear in my heart, and it didn't let me do anything. But during the time when I was praying, I I just kept being faithful to what God has told me, has told me or, or what God had put in my life. And during that time when when I when I prayed, like th- things were starting things were starting to get better. But there's there's like one thing. In my in my head, like, am I am I really healed about 
about my situation? Am I really healed about my sickness? And it, it didn't happen until, let's see, January, in January in 2013, where, where we had a service, and we had, um, I think it was Pastor Abraham Pedraja, and he, 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 um, he did the altar call, I came up, and then he, then he was going to each and every person that he went up to, and he was asking him, do you believe what God had done in your life? And we'll say, like, yeah. He's like, no, do you really believe? And we'll say, he, he, we'll keep going back and forth. And I think when he asked me that, like, it, it, finally, it finally clicked. So just when you're believing for God, for something in your life, a family member, you know, just, just anything, just really believe, don't lose heart. Amen? Just don't, don't lose heart with what God has already put in your life and see what he can do. And I want to encourage you guys that if you're not connecting with anybody, connect with somebody because it'll, be, it'll make your life so much easier. Just, just connect, connect with another believer. T- tell them what's going on in your life and then pray, pray for one another. And during this time of, of prayer, be, be, um, be committed to it. Like tomorrow, we're going to a brother Mondo and sister Esther's house. So come out to that and see, see, just see what God can do. Because it's been, it's been really good. That just throughout this time of like fasting, I've been feeling better about myself. You know, I, I started, re- I started like reading more of the of the Word, and I started praying, and I just been feeling like re- like really good about it. And um. And it's funny because, like, before that, I was going to Disneyland with some friends from the, like, the HP church. And I had to go by myself because they all live, like, in, like, the L.A. area. And while I was going up there, there was, like, some old, like, worship songs coming up. And I was just, like, listening to them. But at the same time, they were kind of, like, encouraging me. Because during that time, I was kind of nervous because I, I was going by myself. And then Disneyland's, like, pretty, like, it's, it's huge. And there's... A bunch of different people, and I was getting like all nervous. But when I was hearing the worship songs, like it, it just reminded me how good God was, and what God has done, and just what He's going to continue to do. And it was just, it was just like a really blessed time for me because like the whole time I was, I was there by myself, I wasn't like worried about anything. Like the stuff I was worried about, it just just went away. So that's that's it. Think think about what needs to be rebuilt in your in your life, amen. Before I start, I'd just like to open a prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just come before you, and just thank you for this honor, opportunity, and privilege to just uh, speak your word. I just ask, pray, just anoint me, and just uh, help me minister the word you put in my heart. And uh, just empty me of the flesh, and uh, just ask and pray, God, that you just uh, speak to the congregation and touch them, and just help them receive what you want them to receive in Jesus, amen. So tonight, I want to talk about how God sees us and how he responds when we pray. And this is Isaiah 38, 1 through 6, and it says, About that time, Hezekiah became deathly ill, and a prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to visit him and gave the king this message. This is what the Lord says, Set your affairs in order, for you're going to die. You will not recover from this illness. When Hezekiah heard this, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, O Lord, how I have always been faithful to you. 
and I have served you single-mindedly, always doing what pleases you. Then he broke down and wept bitterly. Then this message came to Isaiah from the Lord. Go back to Hezekiah and tell him this is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you and the city from the kingdom of Assyria. Yes, I will defend this city. So there are th- three things I would like to focus on. The first thing I want to focus on is Hezekiah's action and God's response. So as we see here in this passage, God sends... Okay, sorry, hold on. Um, in this passage, we see King Hezekiah react to this bad news with prayer and reaping. In this passage, we're seeing uh, God responds, respond by sending Isaiah to give Hezekiah a message that lets him know that his, his tears were seen and his prayer was heard. So I have a question, and that question is, why did God send Isaiah back to the king with this message? And Psalms thirty-four eighteen says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and rescues those whose spirits are crushed. God chose to respond to King Hezekiah's prayer because the spirit was crushed. Some of us might be dealing with the crushed spirit. God will allow us to deal with the crushed spirit because it draws us closer to him. As we, saw, as we saw here, it caused Hezekiah to turn to God in prayer. I want to encourage us to do the same and turn to God in prayer whenever we have a broken heart. So next, I want to focus on what Hezekiah prayed. When he prayed, he reminded God of his righteousness. So why is this important? Psalms thirty-four, fifteen: The eyes of the Lord on the righteous, and his ears open to the cry. God chose to answer his prayer because of Hezekiah's righteousness. Now, the difference between us and Hezekiah is that we are considered righteous because of Jesus. Before we got saved, God didn't answer our prayers because we weren't right with them. But when Jesus died, he made a way for us to be right with God. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So now I will move on to my next point. The second thing I want to focus on is God's answer to Hezekiah's prayer. God's answer to the prayer was that he would have 15 years to his life and that he would defend the, the king from the king and the city from the king of Assyria. So I want to point this out because it shows that the battle belongs to God. Second Chronicles twenty fifteen, and he said, "Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you: Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's." Psalm thirty four seventeen says, "The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles." Whenever the nation of Israel and later on the nation of Judah went out to fight, it was God who gave them the victory. Likewise, when we have battles, it is God who fights for us. So whenever we have battles, we must give them over to God instead of trying to fight them ourselves. Whether it be sickness, finances, or anything you face, give it to God. He'll take care of it. Next, I'll move on to my third and final point that I want to focus on. The last thing I want to point out is that God sent Isaiah back to Hezekiah to give him a message. I want to point this out because God will sometimes send someone as an answer to your prayer. Sometimes God will choose us to be the answer to someone's prayer. God will use others to meet the, to meet the need. It could be a message. It could be spiritual things. It could be material items. And here's an example. Acts 9, 10 through 12 and 17. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord sent a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, 
For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, so that he might receive his sight. Verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now here's another thing I would like to point out. There is a difference between Isaiah and Ananias. Isaiah is a prophet, and Ananias is a disciple. So why does this matter? Well, it matters because in the New Testament era, God can use anybody he wants to if they're born again. That's how God used Ananias. Likewise, God can use people in this room to perform tasks that were once reserved for people that had a special title. It's important to keep this in mind because God will send fellow believers to witness the people we're praying for. So in conclusion, I want to encourage you by letting you know that God sees and hears us when we pray. The tears we shed in our times of prayer don't go unnoticed. They matter to God. Psalms 56 verse 8 says, You have taken account of my wonderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Or are they not in your book? He's going to listen to our prayers because of our relationship with Jesus. 1 John three twenty-two to 23 says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. This is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Not only is God going to answer our prayers, but he's going to answer our battles. And lastly, God is willing to send people to meet the need. Hallelujah. Praise God. You guys enjoying this so far? Huh? Amen. God is so good. He is so good. Well, I'm going to, uh, let me open up in prayer. Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that these words that are, are being said tonight, Lord, would be taken to heart, Father God, that they would be uh, grafted in, Lord, and we would just live the word, Lord, as we hear it, my God, as we understand it, Father. And I pray, Lord, that you're, you would be glorified and, and that you would be lifted up. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And the same way that it was prayed that the sun stand still, I pray right now that the, the clock would stop. Yeah. Pastor knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm going to uh, preach out of uh, uh, John chapter 17. And I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the whole chapter quickly. I timed myself doing this, so I hope I, I, I can do this again. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then I'm going to go back and expound quickly on it. Okay, uh, so uh, chapter 17, John chapter 17, beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read the whole chapter through. So bear with me here. The Word of God says, in fact, I'm going to start with the last verse of uh, 16. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And then beginning in chapter 17. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life. To all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent I have brought you to glory I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began 
Jesus prays for his disciples. Verse 6, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to, the, to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, and you sent me into the world. I have sent them into the world. As you have sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Now he prays for all believers. My prayer is not for them alone, for the disciples alone. I pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may you, may they be also in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and love and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know you that you have sent me. I have made known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That was a lot. That was, there's a lot there. I wish I had just more than a few minutes, but I, I, I'm going to make it here. You know, there, there's a message here. There's a powerful, powerful uh, prayer that Jesus is, is, is uh, uh, relating to the Father concerning us, the believers, disciples, those, those have, has, have decided to say, I want to be a disciple of Christ. Okay, so uh, I want to touch upon this, this very special prayer. It's special because it comes from the mouth of Jesus himself. This prayer is answered then, it is answered now, and it will be answered 
in the future as believers are drawn to Jesus and realize that this union that he speaks of is the bond that will carry us through this journey. It's kind of like his last will and testament because he had already prepped the, he's, he had already begun to prepare the disciples for his departure. He told them about the coming of the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. He was preparing them. The chapter begins with Jesus praying for himself. He says, Father, the time has come. He is affirming the authority given to him that he might give eternal life. That's why he came. He was the one that was going to be the vehicle toward eternal life. He is saying, I have completed what you have sent me to do. Mission accomplished. Thank you, Jesus. And he is now preparing for his return to his previous position of glory at the right hand of the Father. He goes on to pray for his disciples, beginning in verse 6. He says that he has revealed the Father through himself, and that because of it, they obeyed your word. They have accepted the words given to them. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. The, term, the, the, the title, or Holy Father, is, is only used here. And at this particular time in the New Testament, and it can it can mean remote and near, if that makes sense. Remote in that sometimes we have no evidence that he's around. He's remote, like the desert is remote, but he's there, and also he's near at the same time, so that they may be. One as we are one. He's making a point here. He's using himself and the Father as the example of unity. The unity is to be like that between the Father and the Son. Not a Father and a Son. The Father and the Son. The perfect example. That we would have the full measure of joy within us. He goes on to pray that we would be set apart as he himself set apart to do the will of God. By the way, sanctification, which means set apart, and revelation go together. When we begin to set ourselves apart for the glory of God and to tap into the kingdom of God, great revelation comes. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to, you know, pastor has said this over and over, we need to set aside time to let the Father speak to us, to let the Holy Ghost speak to us. Great revelation comes when we set ourselves apart. Again, he emphasizes the Father, the Son, and the believer would be one, brought to complete unity. To recognize God in Christ's mission is a great advantage over anything the world can know. To know that that combination, and he had told them about the comforter that was to come. He had already told the disciples that he had to go, but he was going to send somebody. Okay, so uh, recognizing the deity in that gives us a great advantage over people of the world. 
their limited understanding of God does not, it's just what they know, what they've heard, what they've, you know, what they think it is. And I've heard the wildest uh, uh, explanations of who worldly people think God is and why Jesus came. They just, they really don't have no idea. But when we begin to set ourselves apart, the Lord speaks. The Lord speaks. The heart is open. The mind is open. We are set apart. I thank God for this fast. We should do it more often. Hallelujah. And you know what? If your stomach growls, don't worry about it. Uh, that's music to my ears right now. When mine begins to growl, I'm going to put the mic down there and see if we can figure out what he's trying to say. Again, he emphasizes the Father, Son, and the believer would be one, brought to complete unity. Okay? Jesus said he would continue to make known the Father so that his love would be in them and that Jesus himself would be in them. So it, it, it was a continuing prayer. Okay? So putting it plainly, because I know that's a lot to grasp, but putting it plainly, it, it would go something like this. Jesus said, I have finished my mission to bring salvation to the world. Now, if you want salvation, I want you to come. I want you to come. Whoever is weary and burdened and burnt out and tired of the way they're living, whoever uh, needs healing, whoever needs help in whatever form, come. I need you to come and I will give you rest. I want you to learn from me so you can get rest for your soul, which is the mind, our will, and our emotions. How many know that our mind, our will, and our emotions, unless under the control of the Holy Spirit, is out of this world? We are gone. We are out of sight and out of mind. Now, And then he would say, now remember, I and the Father are one. This whole prayer uh, uh, from, from himself to the believers, to the disciples, focus on unity, on oneness. He said, you can't do it alone. If you choose me, you get the Father. For we, me and the Father are one. We are inseparable. We need to understand that. We don't come with a limited resource. We come with the resource of heaven at our disposal. Hallelujah. And Christ continues to intercede. He continues to pray for us. What an awesome thing that we would grasp that Christ himself is praying for us. He knows our troubles. We must stick together, he would tell us right now. We must stick together. And then he, like I said, he told the disciples about the comforter, the one that was to come, because his time was up. He had to go. He said, he will guide you into all truth. How many believe that the, the Holy Spirit would guide us into all truth? It is impossible for, for him to lie. He only repeats what the Father has told him, what he has heard. He said, don't worry. I will continue to pray for you. When things get rough, I'm praying for you. And he would tell the church, stay together. Don't panic. I'm with you. The Father and I are with you. The Comforter is with you. Don't separate. 
Stay unified. Hallelujah. I thank God for the core. We're unified. I love it. I love to see it. God is with us, people. God is with us. And we're going to see great and mighty things. You know what? If we just stick it out, it doesn't matter that you're going through things. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. The word of God is a, it will, will go on forever. Everything else will pass away, but the word of God will continue forever and ever. There's never an end to it. Hallelujah. How exciting this time is right now, especially when we realize that God is with us. He is not some far away person that just gets involved whenever he wants. He is constantly with us. And he would say, disciples, believers, we must remain as one. For where there is envy and strife, you will find disorder and self-ambition. I thank God that there, it is not evident that there's envy and strife here. See, we're on to something here. We're on to something. And we need to allow God to just continue what he wants to do. We cannot do it our own way. It's not going to work like that. Relation with God, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit is our greatest weapon. That is our greatest weapon, to know who they are. And because they will lead us into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us into the rest of it. Prayer, worship, everything else there is to know. He will lead, they will lead us there. But relation with God, the Father, Jesus, the living word, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that is where it all begins. That is where the revelation begins to grow. That is where our desire for God, man, we, be, we develop a hunger because we know that the master of the universe is with us. Hallelujah. And I want to just say right now, that he continues to pray for us. He continues to pray for us. He is faithful. He doesn't just say, yeah, I'll pray for you and then go do something else. He is up there interceding for the saints right now as we speak. Hallelujah. If you're going through something, you know what? If you're going through something, right now is the time. There's, a, there's a, a, a holy movement going on right now. And we need to get on board. Even if we don't understand everything that's taking place, I want some. Hallelujah. If God's involved, I want to be involved. So you know what? Whatever it is that you're hoping for, whatever it is that you're praying for, whatever it is that you're believing for, that we're fasting for, I, I'm, I'm just going to open these altars right now. I'm going to open the altars. And you know what? Like, like the world says, all for one and one for all. Well, that's what God wants out of the church. He wants us all to be unified, to be on, in one accord, to be praying together, to be lifting each other up, to be uh, believing in healing and miracles that are going to take place. You know what? Don't go by the natural eye. We need to start looking through, uh, through God's eyes. What is he seeing? What does he want me to do? I guarantee you, if the connection is there, man, it's going to be, it'll be, your life will just turn around completely. 
There is nothing you won't want to do for the church and for God. And, and, and so the word can continue. You will tell people that you don't even know out there. You'll get a different kind of boldness. The Holy Spirit will give us boldness to proclaim the message of God. The message of Jesus. The good news of salvation. Hallelujah. That is what our mission is. That is what his mission is was back then. And now he passed on the mission to us. If you're just starting, if you just barely started this, hang on. Learn. Jesus said, learn of me. Get that relation first and then all things will be revealed to you. And then we can begin, hallelujah, to proclaim the gospel to the lost with boldness. If you're believing in something, let's bring it up to the altar. Let's pray together. Let's pray for each other's needs. Let's believe. Let's just be crazy enough to believe the word of God. Huh? Any foolish people out there that we used to be foolish and now God is going to use us for the glory and honor of his kingdom. If you have a prayer need, come up. Come up. Let's pray together. I have a need. I have a need. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is calling.